jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three. Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown. If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Howard. Green pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse. And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Driver's Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. So alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation, and we are wide open today. No guests lined up. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. We can certainly talk some NFL on the show. We did our top and bottom five so quickly uh, yesterday. Curious to get your thoughts, Seth, on how many true Super Bowl contenders you think exist uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, the Bills finally parting ways with Kelvin Benjamin. We can get into that. Mike Hopkins. You know Kelvin and, uh, Benjamin is going to end up on the uh, on like the Patriots. I was going to say the Patriots, it, right? Yeah, they're finally going to move him to tight end. He's going to do what he should do, and and he's going to crush it. Yeah few Popeye's biscuits away from being a tight end. Maybe yes. he will be a tight end. Uh, Mike Hopkins and the Washington Huskies getting set to take on Gonzaga tonight. A great article uh, in The Athletic uh, on Hop. Uh, we can certainly get into that. Patrick Corbin, former CNS star, he's about to become ah! a, a very rich man. That's Hop from yesterday. Thanks for interrupting me, Hop. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday. That was. Yes. Go ahead and play that since you just brought it up. Listen, it's basketball. You know, it's like great college basketball environments. They're just fans. You know what I mean? It's uh, I've played in so many great places as an assistant coach, as a coach, and, and great rivalries. There, there's, there's an exciting part of it. Those environments make it so special. But it's just yelling. I'd take a player in my own like, Does that affect you? You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. You just gotta, you know, it's, it's basketball, man. You've been playing your whole life. That was Mike Hopkins on playing at Gonzaga tonight and what the atmosphere was going to be like. You could not wait to, to play that soundbite. No, I couldn't. I was really excited. He's really excited. Get a crack at the number one uh, team. As I was saying, Patrick Corbin, former CNS star, about to become a very rich man. How about six years, $140 million from the Washington Nationals? Uh, we're going to talk some baseball on the show today. What What's next for the Yankees? I would take that payday. Seemed like Patrick Corbin was was the guy that they were targeting. Uh, the team reportedly wouldn't go past six years, or wouldn't go past five years rather. The Nats gave him six, and uh, he is now a member of the Washington Nationals, pending a physical, of course. But the 29 year old about to cash in on a huge payday. But of course, we begin the show talking SU basketball, and I want to spend uh, most, if not all, of the first hour talking SU basketball. So again, full lines open at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. What do we make of last night's game? Because on the one hand, Seth. You, you had the depth on display that we've been promised all season long, right? And, and, and in the offseason as well, that Tyus and Frank combined for four points. And yeah, O'Shea was great, and he was part of the big three last year. But a bunch of newcomers chipped in. It was Elijah Hughes last night with 17. Buddy Bayheim off the bench with 11. Even Jalen Carey did a little bit of everything. He had you know four points, five boards, three assists. Good game for, for Jalen Carey in the, in the minutes that he got. We saw the depth on display last night, so that's a positive. 
but we also saw Frank continue to struggle from the field, had just the, the one bucket, one for five uh, from the field, and the centers, again, didn't do all that much. I mean, Barama Sidibe played five minutes. Chuka was a little bit better, I uh, thought, had his first two dunks of the year, but I, I think that... Wait, can we... Hold on. Can we linger on that for a minute? Can we linger on that for only a minute? took until that, ga- game eight? That's unbelievable. That's amazing. It took him until December 4th to dunk the ball. He's seven foot three. You he, got, just, he got two of them last night. He's raise, making up for lost time. You should just raise your arms and be able to dunk. So he broke through with his first two dunks last night. Uh, but what do we make uh, of this game? Because you've got the you know the depth. That was great. Okay, we've been promised it. We saw glimpses of it last night. And then you've got the issues that... I don't, I don't know if plaguing this team is the right way to describe it, but you've got you know the Frank Howard situation. He's still not quite himself, and the center's got to be better. Uh, I think defensively they continue to improve, although Jim Beheim said last night he wasn't all that impressed by the defense. It was just a case of Northeastern missing shots, but they still held a team that was averaging over 70 points per game to 49. Uh, that's pretty good. And Jordan Rowland, who got off to a great start, they held him to two points the rest of the way after that fast start that he had. Um, so what do we make of last night's game? I thought Pascal played uh, you know, about as well as you would expect him to. He was better. Eight, eight points, seven rebounds, a couple of blocks, a steal. Like I, I thought he played a pretty good game. Um, you know, if if you had gotten anything from Barama Sidibe, I think you're looking at that game last night and saying, "Hey, they got a pretty good performance See, out of the center." I'm not and, though, and I'm yet not they didn't because. They, uh, they're not going up against Jesse Govan and Georgetown. Like, no. like it was Northeastern. Like yes. they should do that. Yes, he should, but like. If he gives you eight and seven and a block, you're you're okay. okay. You're yeah. fine with that. I, I'm not all that excited. I mean, it was I mean, fine. Look, I'm not all that, that excited. You're about never it. you're never running your offense through him. You're never dumping the ball to him in the post. You're you're looking for him to do clean up stuff and catch lobs, and that's what he did last night. Uh, so I, I I think that that's all that you can ask and and expect out of him. Um, you know, I, I think that it was a really good sign to see Elijah Hughes bounce back and have the game that he had, given that he had played so poorly on Saturday night and, and just wasn't there, wasn't involved. And so you saw that he's able to bounce back, that that he has this ability to to say, you know what, it's not Saturday night anymore. It's it's a different game. It's a different day. All right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do what I can do. Um, and this is a game, and, and you know, you kind of hit on it a little bit when you were setting this up. Frank Howard and Tyus Battle combined for four points. They combined for four points, and you put up 72, and you won by 23. Uh, this is a game that last year you lose. It's, At it's the very game, least, it goes down to the wire. It's, it's a game that last year you probably lose. If if Pasca, if if O'Shea, if O'Shea Brissett was the only one scoring out of O'Shea, Frank, and Tyus last year, you weren't going to win. And so I think that that speaks to some of the new additions, some of the other players, um, and what we saw last night, because, hey, Ty's battle had an off game. Off games happen. Uh, he had been fantastic for three games in a row. Frank Howard is not himself just yet. He doesn't have his legs under him. He's not shooting the ball well. Uh, so he's still finding himself. But O'Shea Brissett was a monster. Elijah Hughes bounced back, and you had enough to push through for a win. You know, and as, as poorly as Frank Howard is shooting, you know, and, and Jim Beheim pointed out he's shooting about 20% from the floor since he's come back. You know, he he is running the show. He's got 16 assists and three turnovers. And their field goal percentage has skyrocketed since he's coming back. Their three-point shooting percentage has skyrocketed. It was at about 20%. We knew they were better than that. But it's at, I think, 37 38% now since he's been back. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that naturally they were going to shoot the ball better than they were when he wasn't there. Uh, you know, those two games in New York were atrocious uh, in, in terms of shooting. 
Um, but I don't think it's a coincidence. Like I think he's having a positive impact on the team. I think a big reason why Tyus went off three games in a row is that Frank was back. I think and he so was too. back in his normal position. Um, but clearly they need more out of him. And you know, you pointed to it yesterday and you said, Well, you know, maybe this is the game that Frank gets right. It wasn't. It was he, not. He, was, no. he was one for five, you know, played twenty two minutes, oh for three again from three point range. He's he's just not making shots and he's not getting to the basket. Now his one basket was in transition and it was a layup. He joked afterwards it's the first layup he's made uh, since he got hurt, you know. Well, it, Ten weeks ago, or whatever it was, and again, it was it was in transition. Like it wasn't like he was driving into bodies. He was all alone. Still, it was relatively full speed, and he right. But I, but I think that the thing that everybody's kind of looking at with Frank and penetration and is, creating is getting in and, and banging bodies and and not having this fear of landing on somebody else's foot and twisting your ankle again. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm not drawing any conclusions other than just pointing out that it was. It happened to be a layup that he made, and we haven't seen Frank make a layup since he's come back. And he, you know, he joked uh, that that was the first layup that he's made. Um, they got to get more out of him, and and you know, I I do think that a lot of these you know problems, quote unquote, or issues that we perceive with this team, I I think a lot of them will go away once Frank Howard is playing like Frank Howard, but. The you know the the issues are magnified with him you know only shooting twenty percent from the floor and and you know he's he's only good for he's he's been only good for about a bucket a game I mean he's averaging about three points per game since he came back you know I I've got a question about this and and I I don't know I, I'm curious to hear what you say when you when you look at this team what is their offensive capacity you know even even when Frank is back at full strength uh you know when. When Tyus is playing a good game, what's their offensive capacity? Like, is is there room for O'Shea, Tyus, Frank, and Elijah Hughes to all average eighteen points on this team? Because then you're talking average about, eighteen points or, or or fifteen. You know, in that no. fifteen or eighteen you're, range, you're, you're talking. Like, but but you know the the point that I make is is that last year Tyus was averaging twenty, Frank was averaging what like fifteen, and and O'Shea Brissett was in that fifteen point per game range again. Is there room to add another 15-ish point per game scorer on this team? And the reason I ask that is uh, because I think they all can be, but is but I, I don't know that I don't know that Syracuse will score that many points on a regular basis or if it's just going to be like this where we kind of watch this team and like game in and game out like there's kind of a give and take and sometimes it's O'Shea's night, sometimes it's Tyus's night, sometimes it's Hughes, sometimes it's Frank and like all season long, we're kind of playing this back and forth where it's like two on, one off, three on, one off. And, and and like somebody's just kind of left out because, let's face it, there's not room for all of them to score 15 to 20 or 15 to 18 and then have something for anybody else. Yeah, there's no way that you're going to have four players averaging 18 points per game. That's 72, that's 72 points. 72 points. And exactly. you're, you're a team that's averaging over 80 points then because, you know, Merrick's going to score here and there. That's Jaylen the point Carey. I'm trying to make. Uh, Yes, there's no, there's no way they're they're averaging four guys that are averaging 18 points per game. However, you do have four guys who are capable of doing that on any given night, and I do think that that is your point. I think at the end of the day, Tyus is going to average around 20. I think O'Shea Brissett's going to average around 16. I think you know Hughes is good for you know. A dozen to fourteen a game, and you know Frank's not an eighteen point per game scorer. He's you know he's going to run the show and he's going to set you up. And you know he, maybe he averages around ten. 
So what's that? 30, 42. That's about 56 that I just, 56 points per game out of the big three. Or, you know, but I think that's fair between and la- 55 and 60. And then you get and then some you contributions get, from other guys. And last year, the three of Brissett, Howard, and Battle averaged 50. Yeah, so that's that's about right, I think. You know, you, you throw another guy into the mix and you say, okay, the big four averages about 60 instead of big three averaging 50. I think that's about right. And we know how this team likes to play. You know, the, with the, the zone defense, especially when you get into ACC play, I think the scoring's going to come down a little bit. Um, so, no, they're not going to have four guys average 72 points per game. Um, because I, I think last night was the first time that I, I really thought about it that way because I, I look at uh, Elijah Hughes and I say he's got the skill set to go average 15 to 18-ish yeah, points. Like he, he's got the ability, much like Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett, to go put up a lot of points on any given night. And we know what Tyus Battle does. We know what O'Shea Brissett can do. We know what Frank Howard can do when he's healthy. And I, I, I look at last night and, okay, two of them score and two of them have really good offensive games and two of them don't. And you end up still with seventy-two points, and I and I looked at that and I said, "How are all of them going to get there?" It's like, yeah, how are all of them like? It, if we see a game this year where they all max out, what does that look like? You know, if if, if we see a game where they're all running um, on high efficiency and and putting up a lot of points, like what does it look like? Are they scoring eighty something, ninety something points? Because like at the at the absolute ceiling. This team has a really high offensive ceiling. I don't know that they will ever get to it, but this team has that an incredibly high ceiling to me because they've all they've got four guys who have really interesting and intriguing offensive skill sets. Yeah, I'd I'd buy into that. I mean, the the fact that the ceiling is high, you know, what will it look like if all four guys are clicking on the same day? I, you know, I think you hope that you find out when they play a Duke or a Carolina or a Louisville where the the, the game is naturally going to be high scoring. Um, a lot of these games, though, that they play in conference play um, are going to be in in the 60s. And so, you know, even if everyone is quote-unquote on, it's only going to add up to like 68 points, right? Because there's going to be a limited number of possessions and, and we right. we know the style of play. We You know, we've seen it year in and year out. So, yeah, I think the ceiling is high. And I think, you know, we talked about that you know, leading up to the to the opener, Seth, that you feel like last year's team had to win a certain way. They were a blue collar team that had to win with defense. They had to have their their three main guys contribute in some capacity. They couldn't get by if Frank Howard scored two points in a game. They would most likely lose if it was just you know O'Shea Brissett, Tyus Battle, and nothing else. And they were playing two on five. You wouldn't be able to win. We said going into this year that it felt like. They could beat you a variety of ways. That they could beat you in a defensive battle, but this year's team would also be able to beat you in a high-scoring game. This year's team would be able to beat you with a slow tempo. This year's team could beat you with a fast-paced tempo. We haven't seen the ceiling yet. We haven't seen them really push the ball all that much. We haven't seen them have that night where you know everyone's on and they just kind of go off for ninety points or whatever the case may be. Even against the the lesser competition, we haven't seen it yet, and we saw. Nine fast break points last night. Oh, Elijah Hughes is the one guy that really seems to get out and run on this team. We saw him make a big basket against Ohio State in transition. Saw him make a big basket, you know, last night in transition. Um, he gets out and run, you know, and, and runs. And he pushes. And, I think Jalen pushes Carey, it. I think Jalen Carey does a little bit too. He does, um, but Elijah, I guess, is the one benefiting the most because he's the one finishing. And, yes. and you know, it, it, I feel like he he's gets a lot ahead. of. I feel he like he gets down. a lot of and ones. You know, he's yes. he's out ahead. He attacks the basket, but they're really not getting all that much in the way of transition. Um, 
So I think I think they're capable of that. I think if they get themselves into an up-tempo game, I think they'll be able to hang, whereas last year's team really couldn't for a variety of reasons. They had no depth, so they would get tired, um, and they just didn't have enough scoring options. They have scoring options this year, um, but to your point, I don't know how often we're going to see you know those four guys have quote-unquote good games on the same night. Yeah, I, I think that just by nature of it, we're going to end up seeing them Taking turns probably isn't the right way of saying it, but they're going to take well, turns. This goes back to the Cornell game, Seth. Honestly, when you know we say that Elijah Hughes, I don't. Again, I'm not comfortable saying he played bad. I he just he kind of blended into the background, because, you know, and, and he he didn't he wasn't aggressive and look for his opportunities. He only took three shots, and part of that was. O'Shea Brissett and Tyus Battle were so good that you know they didn't they didn't need him. Now yesterday they did need him. You know Tyus Battle scored one bucket. Frank Howard had one bucket. They needed someone to to pick up the scoring, and he did look for a shot a little bit more. So I think that's a case of not necessarily that Elijah is deferring to Tyus Battle, but there's only so many opportunities to go around and so many shots to take. And Tyus Battle was on, and they were looking for him and making him a priority in the offense. And O'Shea Brissett was having his way in terms of getting to the basket and using his size and strength, and so they they made that a priority. And Elijah Hughes, for that particular game against Cornell, just wasn't the same priority that he was last night. Yeah, and and I think that that's going to be a lot of what we see this season. Certain guys are going to take priority over others, and you're going to see kind of how the games go. And, and there might be a game or two. Uh, where you need everybody to play really well. But outside of that, you know, you, you might be able to play well with three of them scoring and somebody else facilitating and doing everything else. Now, the, the thing that, that changes this is if if you're not involved offensively and you're also not doing anything defensively. Because if you're not involved offensively and you're still playing really good defense, Obviously, that that changes things. Like last night, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle, I think, still played a good game defensively. We're still active at the top of the Frank zone. Frank had four still, steals. Yeah, still still made plays defensively, and so they were still involved and they were still you know having a, having a good game. You know, if, if all of a sudden you're out of it offensively and that now translates over to defense, and you're like, well, I'm not really getting shots. I'm not you know I'm not into this game. And all of a sudden you you miss a couple of passes and you miss a, a rotation. Then you are hurting the team. That, that you know that that's when this equation kind of changes. I also think we saw the the potential impact of what Buddy Beheim can do on this team last night. In that you know they were Syracuse was was going through that seven minute drought without a field goal, and you know he's into the game and and he's the one that that broke that drought, and he had eleven points and made three threes, and he could be that. That zone buster, if you will, right? Northeastern tried to zone him last night, and we know Buddy could shoot the heck out of the basketball. And that was a case where you know Syracuse was struggling on the offensive end a little bit. Frank and Tyus weren't giving him anything, so he inserts Buddy in. Hey, let's see if you know, see if Buddy can make a shot or two. And what happened? Buddy made a shot or two and, and made four of them on the night, three of them from three point range, and and went for eleven points. I think that's the you know the ideal use of Buddy Beheim this year is okay. We need a little bit of a spark. Let's see if you know see if this freshman can go in there and give us a little bit of a spark. And last night he did. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. I, I thought that uh, it was really interesting to watch, and, and maybe we talk about this more after we take a break. Uh, I thought the second unit played really well. Uh, I thought that for the first time we saw like a wholesale change, and and it was just kind of because of how the game went. The under twelve timeout didn't come until there were less than eight minutes left in the game, when normally that's supposed to be between twelve and eight minutes. Yeah, left there were bodies the piling half. up at the scores table <laughs> yeah, for yeah, both teams. Exactly. So you ended up with just like a wholesale line change, like you would get in hockey, um, and that's kind of the first time we saw it, and it worked. 
I mean, the second unit played really well. All right. Phone lines are open the entire way. Again, no guests lined up. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. What did you think of last night's win for the Orange? Fourth straight victory out of Syracuse. Keep it here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Against his own, there's no blockout guys. So you're, you know, he's good inside, and he gets he gets position and gets up quick and gets it. Um, you know, we've got to do more of that with our big guys. That was Jim Beheim last night uh, in his postgame press conference talking about O'Shea Brissett. He, he's been a different player since he's come back from New York. He took 13 threes at Madison Square Garden in those two games. He was two for 13 from three point range. He's taken 15 threes in the four games since then. Six for 15 from three-point range, so 40%. And he's gotten to the free throw line 31 times. He's attacking the basket. He's not settling for the three. He's getting inside. He's using his muscle, using his size, using his athleticism. And, you know, we've seen now the, the last couple of games, you know, the Cornell game, the Northeastern game, these teams can't stop him. They don't have anyone who can who can guard him, who can match his athleticism and his you know his size and his strength. And he's just, for lack of a better term, he is a beast, and he's played like it since he's come back from New York. He really is. He he's a monster. I mean, when you look at him and his and his size and what he does, uh, it's like a battering ram. And and you know, I, I know I use that description of, of Zion Williamson, and and it's kind of in a different way, but. You know, O'Shea Brissett has that quality about him where he can run through, you know, a Cornell, a Northeastern, a Colgate, uh, you know, probably even Georgetown to, for the most part. You know, there there are just going to be teams that are not going to be able to stop him if he tries to go to the basket. And he was five for eight inside three point range uh, last night, five for eight from inside the three point arc. And then he got to the line six more times. You know, he he was incredibly effective when he went to the basket, when he stu- uh, stepped inside the arc. And and I think that that's kind of what you want to see out of O'Shea Brissett. Is he a is he a an okay shooter? Yes, he absolutely is. Is is he an improved shooter from last year? I think so. I think he is. Um, is he best when he's going to the basket? Yes. Certainly no, more, he's a more no, confident shooter than he was last year. He's, yes. he's more willing to take that shot this year. Yes, and, but he's still at his best when he goes to the basket, and he's been a better finisher this year than he was last year. So why not use those skills and keep going to the basket and just rack up all the points you can as you as on your way? He was also 5 for 8 from the field against Cornell and had 11 free throw attempts. He's 23 for 31 from the free throw line uh, in the four games since going down there to New York. 315-437-7644. Let's go to the phone lines. John in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. Hurry I don't up. know what you guys see, but I, I see a team that to me looks like they're in for a long year. I mean, their defense is so erratic half the time, and their shooting is so erratic. I mean, they beat Northeastern last night with their three leading scorers didn't even dress for the game. I mean, I don't see anything really positive about this team this year. I mean, I think they're going to – what are they going to do in the ACC? All right, John. I, mean, I think they're in for a long year. John, you, you're, the first words out of your mouth were defense. Uh, since New York, New York didn't go well. We know this. Uh, Frank Howard comes back. They've given up 56, 62, 55, and 49. You're concerned about the defense? I'm concerned about the whole thing. All right. Okay. 
I appreciate checking in, John. Um, some of us look at it, you know, half empty. Some of us look at it half full. I'm not sure I'm looking at it as either, but John's definitely half empty guy. I don't think the defense is all that much of a concern at this point. Um, you know, Frank isn't even up to 100% yet, and I, I, I think defensively they've been they've been good. I mean, they held Ohio State, who's a top 20 team, to, to 62 points, and that, you know, it was a road game, and Ohio State came out guns a-blazing. Yes, um, saying, saying the defense hasn't been good is wrong. It, it, like was, I, it was the defense has in been, the two games in New York. But the defense has been much better yes. since Frank Howard came back. And and that was the area that you knew there would be the biggest improvement. You were hoping that there would be improvement offensively. Uh, it has not happened overnight, largely because Frank Howard still doesn't look like he's comfortable shooting the ball. Uh, he looks comfortable defensively. He had four steals last night. He's playing well uh, in the 2-3 zone. I don't think defense is a concern. They do still have to fix things offensively. But even with that, they scored 72 points last night. Like, uh, you know, we, we talk about this team and, and we look at what they did last year. Again, if you played this game last year where similar things happen, they're certainly not putting up 72. You know, if, if you got games where Frank Howard and Tyus Battle were off, were out of it, you're not scoring 72 points. And, and so it didn't matter who it was against. So to look at this team and say they're not better offensively, uh, it, I think is also just just not right. Like I, I think they're a better offensive team. Their ceiling is higher. Their floor is higher than it was last year, and and they've got more offensive weapons now. As we talked about in the first part of the show, can they get all those weapons going at the same time? I don't know. I have no idea. But at the very least, maybe you get two or three of them going in a game, and that can win you a game. So John thinks that this is going to be a long year. I, I don't. I don't believe that, number one. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, would you agree with this, Seth, that I am, I'm a little surprised that they're not further ahead eight games into the year, but I also I see the reasons why, right? I, the, the Frank injury was, is a big thing. I think the injuries across the board at the point guard position, they, you know, the season got off to a strange start. You didn't have a, a single healthy scholarship point guard. Tyus Battles forced to play point. And then Jalen Carey works his way back in. And then Frank returns. And they had the two games in the garden, and they, they didn't go well. I, I get the reasons for it. You've got the injuries at the point guard position that you're, you're kind of sort of still dealing with. And you've got some new pieces that you're trying to work into the rotation. The Jalen Carries and Elijah Hughes and Buddy Bayheim and guys, you know, trying to figure out their role. And, you know, Merrick's playing more at the five. And, and, and they're still trying to find their way. With that being said, I, I am a little surprised that they're not further ahead eight games in. But that doesn't mean that, you know, five more games from now when the ACC starts up that they're not capable of going on the road and beating Notre Dame. Yeah. They went uh, on the road and beat Ohio State, and Ohio State's probably better. Yes, Ohio State's better than Notre Dame at this point. And so there's no reason why they can't go win ACC games. I mean, have you did, did you see what happened in the ACC last night? Miami couldn't win a road game at the Palestra. They yeah. couldn't beat Penn. Yeah. Clemson struggled with St. Peter's. Uh, you know, Oklahoma went and beat Notre Dame. It was a bad night for the ACC, and the ACC hasn't looked all that good. Like, if you're saying this Syracuse team can't go beat those teams— I think you're wrong. Like I, I, I just do. I, I don't think this is going to be a long year because I, I don't know that the ACC is going to be quite as strong as we thought it would. And I think that Syracuse is better than you might think. Like I, I think that they're, I think that they're all right. Like are they not as far ahead as you would want? Sure. And Jim Beheim said that last night. He said this team is not close to where we would want to be right now. Uh, I, I laughed because I think he says that every year, but I, I believe him. I, I don't think this team is where you want it to be right now. But that doesn't mean I don't think they can be good. Yeah, and I think, you know, we had this 
this false sense of security because you know all five starters are coming back and you you know you're adding all these new pieces but we forget that it's a new team it's a new year roles are different and it does take a little bit for guys to gel together and oh by the way they've been trying to do it without their senior point guard on the floor for you know half of the games that they've played so I get it. I understand it. I just, I, yeah, I, I think I fell into that trap as well, that I thought that they would be a little further along than they are. And I'll be honest with you, last night's performance didn't really change my mind one way or the other. Like, it was a nice win. You know, they won by 23. But, I, you know, I, I think that some of the issues that we talked about yesterday before the game remain after the game. Frank's got to get going. The center's got to be better. And I, I know what you're saying about Pascal. I mean, he, he did play better last night, but... Frankly, he should play better against that opponent. Like, I'm curious to see what he looks like on Saturday because that is a game that they're going to need the center position to play well. Jesse Govan is, you know, Adrian Autry called him the best center in the country, and I, I don't think he's wrong. I think, you know, he's certainly right up there. They're going to need certainly better the center than position play. to play well on Saturday, whether it's Barama, Pascal. They're going to need those guys to show up. It can't be Merrick for 30 minutes in the middle of that zone. No. It can. Uh, he's better than Caleb Wesson. He's better than uh, Kenny Wooten. He's better than uh, uh, Eric Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Govan is better. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. All right, we do need to take another timeout. Again, full lines remain open at 315-437-7644. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I, I, you know, you think John's right? You think it's going to be a long year? I, I personally don't think so. But, again, we'd love to hear from you. Got to take another timeout back after this on ESPN Radio.